It's great to see you here. I'm, I'm Andrew. Super huge welcome to you. I hope you hope you're ready to listen to what I hope you're ready to listen to what God has to say. Maybe you don't believe in God. We just did an evidence seminar. Jesus rose from the dead. That's only possible if there is a God and he speaks. And that's what we're going to hear right now. So we're going to have a lot of fun along the way. And we're going to have a lot of fun after. But right now, we're also going to think about some really huge things. So I'm going to pray as well. Thanks, Maddie. But I'm going to pray as well. Father God, I pray for these people here, uh, including me. Um, God, I pray that we would all understand what you have to say to us right now and how amazing it is and how life-changing and how important it is for us. God, please give us attention spans to concentrate. But I pray most of all, God, that you would change us and that tonight you would save people, but you would also help us to understand uh, what this truth means for our life. Amen. Did you ever wish that you had a Control-Z button for your life? Control-Z, or if you're on a Mac, Command-Z. Are you serious? What does it's, a, it's undo. Control-Z is undo. Some other keyboard shortcuts you might want to know about. Control-C, copies. Control-V, pastes. Okay? And Control-P, print. But, shh. Did you ever wish that you had a Control-Z button on your life? You've ever done something, and you were like, oh, Man, I wish I could just control Z that. This is serious, right? I had, a, I had a bad week, but it wasn't that bad. And I talked to someone this week, and they said to me, man, I just feel so guilty. And I said, um, have you talked to God about that? Because he still loves you, and he'd love to talk to you. And they said, they're a Christian. or They, they said... I can't remember the last time I talked to God about anything because I just feel too guilty. The things I've done. Now, first of all, I want to make three points that are irrelevant to the rest of the stuff I'm going to say. But boys, look after girls, okay? This is really passionate to me, okay? Boys, if you're in a relationship with a girl, never say, if you love me, you'll do this. No, if you love her, you will not ask her to do anything she doesn't want to do. And you will look after... <laughs> you will, boys, you will look after girls and put them first and protect them and want them to, to not do stuff that they might later regret. Girls, don't give your heart away to boys and don't give your bodies away to boys. It will hurt you. And everybody, here's what I want to say to all of us. What are you going to say the time someone says to you, man, I just feel so guilty. What are you going to say? Because I want us to have an answer to that question. And that's what we're going to see from this passage tonight. And here's the answer we're going to see. I'll give you a preview and then I'll explain a whole lot more about it. Someone says to you, and maybe this is you right now. I've done stuff I regret. I wish I could control Z some stuff in my life. Here's the answer. Come to God. He still loves you. And because of Jesus, there is a control Z button for that. You don't have to be guilty anymore. That's what we're going to see. Um, And so let's get into this passage. The first thing we're going to see is just what I said then. If you trust in Jesus, God will control Z, all of your stuff ups, all your sins, and replace it with Jesus' goodness. 
Okay? And how we're going to see it is Paul, who's writing this, is talking about an old dude called Abraham. Um, he's really old, ancient. He's older than your grandparents. Okay? I don't know if you can imagine something older than that, but that's possible. Um, and yet God makes him a promise. He's, God says, I'm going to give you kids. And look at verse 3. So if you've got a Bible there, otherwise I'll read it out. It says, what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And I want us to zoom right in on those words. It was credited to him as righteousness. Because right now those words mean nothing to you. But I tell you what, in five minutes, those are going to be the most amazing words you have ever heard. Um, they're going to be better than hearing that girl say, you're, you're not dumped. They're going to be like amazing. I can't think of other examples. But they're going to be like the best words you've ever heard. But here's what we've got to do. We've got to break it down, okay? So here's the first bit, credited to him. Okay, the word credited means this. Get the credit for something. So I don't know, what's the best movie you've ever seen? Okay, Batman 3, Avengers, um, Hunger Games, SpongeBob SquarePants. I like that option. Thank you for your suggestions. They're wrong. <laughs> Apparently, the best movie of all time, if you count it by how much people pay to go and see it, not Titanic, Avatar. But number two, number two is Titanic, okay? Now, did you know this? Shh. Did you know this? Titanic and Avatar were made by the same person. His name's James Carroll. And so what would happen is if... I have a friend called James Carroll. <laughs> but you're right. They're made by James Cameron. And here's the thing. If you went to watch Avatar or Titanic, you've watched this movie. It's apparently the best movie ever made, judging by how much people pay to go see it. And at the end, what happens? Comes up on screen, big writing, directed by James Cameron. Thank you. And that's called a credit, okay? Credited. The movie's credited him. It's treated like it's his. It's his work. It's his, belongs to him, okay? Now, here's the thing. Imagine opening up your bank account and you... Yesterday you looked and there was 63 cents. It happened to me. And today you open it up and you're like, one, zero, 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 63 cents. You're like, someone's deposited a million dollars in my bank account. And you're like, what the heck? So you call up the bank. There's been a mistake. And they say, actually, no, some guy yesterday deposited a million dollars in your bank account. Now, I don't know if you've ever read a bank statement. It says at the top there, credited, credits. That's what it's, it's deposited. It's given to you. It becomes yours, credited to. Now, what would be the best thing that you could possibly have credited to you? Would it be a million dollars? Would it a billion? A billion is better than a million. This guy does maths. What about a Lamborghini? Okay. Who's loving the Lamborghini? As that's, you would like to have a Lamborghini credited to you. What about an iPhone 5? They're not even out yet. Maybe next week they will be. What about tickets to a Mumford and Sons concert? What about guys, I'm sorry, sorry. You are all you are all boring. You need to listen. Shh. Don't you want to get out to fires? I've got stuff to say and then we're going. So shh. You are all boring. Shh, shh. Because I'll tell you why. Because you've got no imagination about what you would have credited to you if you could have anything credited to you. Here's what it would be, I reckon. It would be to 
to have Aaron Affair credited to you. Because you haven't heard why yet. You would, I would, turn off all the lights and I would put on dance music, get all my friends, give them all roller skates because it's Aaron Affair, so everything's there, and have a roller disc go through Aaron Affair in the food court and all that kind of stuff. You're not stealing, it's yours. It's been credited to you. Shh. Shh. Is that... Thank you. Is that... And I know you think no because you've got some better things, but whatever you're thinking about right now, is that the best thing that you could have credited to you? The answer is no. Here it is. And... And you're thinking, man, what could be better than that? I'll tell you, it's in the passage here. The best thing that you could have credited to you is righteousness. And you're like, what? I actually heard somebody say, what? Righteousness. Now, you don't know what that is. But if you understood it, you would agree with me. So here's how I'm going to explain to you. Um, I'm going to start back a bit, okay, because there's a bit of a story you need to understand. God is real, okay? He loves you. He created you. You're like, I don't believe in God. Okay, then. Where did everything come from? Big Bang. Yeah, me, I think that too, but, and, and some people disagree, but I think that, and where'd the Big Bang come from? There's a creator, right? His name is God, and he made you, and he loves you, and because he made you, you owe him everything. You owe him every breath you've ever taken, every happy moment you've ever had. You owe him thanks for that. You owe him obedience, because he made you. And, and here's the thing. What we've seen over the last few weeks in Romans is that we haven't lived like we should have. We haven't always obeyed God. We haven't always thanked God. We haven't always lived with Him in the number one position. Now, see, God has told you how He wants you to live. You know the Ten Commandments, or at least you know some of them. I don't know, what are they? There's don't lie, don't steal, there's don't say the Lord's name in vain, you shall love your neighbor. There's, um, that's actually the, in a different part of the Bible, but that's there in different parts. Here's one of them, right? Here's one of them. Have you always lived with God in the number one position in your life? That's one of his commandments. It's actually the first one, the most important one. And here's what will happen. See, that's his law. And even if you hadn't heard that, you kind of know in your heart what's right and wrong. You know what God's law is. And here's what's going to happen. One day you're going to die and you're going to stand in front of God. And he's going to judge you, innocent or guilty. Now, if his standard is the Ten Commandments, if his standard is that, will he find you innocent or guilty? Guilty. That's what we've seen in Romans. That not one of us could say, I've always kept all those commandments. We have, we've broken the law. Imagine it's an exam at school, okay? The Ten Commandments. And the first question is, have you always lived with God as number one? The second question on there is, whatever it is, <laughs> I forget. The, down there, it's like, have you always told the truth? Have you always never stealed? Okay? That was a really bad sentence. <laughs> have you always... There's the exam, okay? Do you pass the test? And do you know what? The, a, pass, shh, a pass in this test is not 50%, okay? Because it's a law. So imagine you went to the judge in court and you were like, I've kept half of the laws. That means you've broken half of them. You're a lawbreaker. That's, with laws, it doesn't work. 50% is not pass rate. 100% is the pass rate on this exam. Okay? And that's the mistake everyone makes, by the way, with God's commands. Hey, mate. That's the mistake everyone makes with God's commands. They think it's a ladder. Okay? 
They think if I keep enough of these commands, every time I keep a command, I'm climbing higher. It's not a ladder. It's more like an exam. And every time you fail at one of them, you are failing that exam. Now you're thinking, what's this got to do with righteousness? This is the thing that would be the best thing possible to have credited to you. Well, righteousness is having a perfect score on that exam. It's a big series of ticks and no crosses. It's being perfect. It's as though you've never done the wrong thing, always done the right thing, 100% on that exam. Imagine if God credited that to you, gave it to you, so it belonged to you. A perfect score on that exam, it becomes yours. Because look at what the passage is saying. Have a look at verse 3. Abraham believed God, verse 3, and it was credited to him as righteousness. God credited to him this perfect score. But you're like, that's great for Abraham. What about us? Well, verse 23, we didn't read it out, but it's there. It says this, um, the words it was credited to him were not written for him alone, but also for us to whom God will credit righteousness. God is offering to credit you with righteousness. He's offering you to give you that perfect test score. How's that possible? Well, there's only one person who's ever actually achieved a perfect score on that test. His name is Jesus. And Jesus lived a perfect life. He always obeyed God's commands. He had no guilt. He had nothing to be ashamed of. Can you imagine that? Jesus had nothing in his life that he was ashamed of. He had perfect righteousness. And do you know what God does when he credits someone with righteousness? There's Jesus' perfect test. All ticks. There's your test with crosses on every question. He swaps them. It's like he rubs out Jesus' name at the top of his and writes your name. He credits that to you. You get the credit. And he gives your crosses to Jesus. He rubs your name out and writes Jesus there. And then Jesus died on the cross because of those crosses. Because that's what the punishment was. Do you get that? It's been called the great exchange. Jesus had perfect righteousness. You had a series of crosses. And God is offering to do a swap. To give you Jesus' righteousness. And Jesus pays for it. And Jesus offered to do that, which is why, by the way, in Christianity, it's all about Jesus. How good is Jesus? How much must he love you that he came down to earth for you to live the life that you should have lived? To get the righteousness that you should have had to give to you and to die the death to pay for your unrighteousness. Jesus loves you that much. He came down from heaven. Uh, heaven. <laughs> Where's heaven? He came down from heaven. And he loves you to death. Literally, he loves you to death. So because of that, here's what God is offering to you. He's offering to credit you with a perfect score on that test. Okay? It's like someone depositing a million dollars into your bank account that you didn't deserve. Except it's so much better than a million dollars. It's being righteous. And here's why this is the most amazing thing that you could be credited with. I don't know what you've done. I don't know what you feel guilty about. I don't know what you wish you could control, Zev. 
But if this happens, it's like God has pressed control Z on it. It's gone to Jesus. And then God's selected all of Jesus and pasted it into your life. So instead of your regrets, your guilt, that's gone. Your shame, your mess, that's gone. And instead, you've got Jesus' perfect life that he had nothing to be ashamed of. His track record becomes your track record. How good is that? If you could have that, would you want that? I would. I'll tell you four things that make, uh, that make it more amazing that people get wrong on this all the time. Number one, being credited with righteousness does not mean that God treats you like you're righteous, even though actually you're not. It doesn't mean that. What it means is you actually are righteous. Okay? It's not God's like pretending and covering his eyes. No. He's, tell me this. When God said, let there be light, what happened? There was light. Okay, when God says stuff, what happens? It happens. Imagine God said to you, you are righteous. You are righteous. It actually happens. A spiritual change happens to you where your past is gone and you get a new past. Jesus' past. So it's not just God treating you righteous, but you're not. You are righteous. Number two. Being credited with righteousness does not just mean that your sins are forgiven. It's better than that. See, here's what sins being forgiven is. It's like you failed all the, exam- the, the questions on the exam and someone comes along and rubs out all the red crosses. That's what forgiveness is. Being credited with righteousness goes one step further. It puts all the right answers in. It's not just that you never did anything wrong. It's also as though all the time in your whole life, you always did the right thing. That's what God's offering you. Number three, being credited with righteousness is not something that just happens when you die. It's not just in the future. Okay, If you are credited with righteousness, it happens right now. Prove it to me. You should be saying right now, well, I will. Come to chapter 5, verse 1. We're going to look at this next week. I'm so pumped. Coast Revolution, bring your friends. It's going to be so good. Here it says, this. Notice what the tense is. If you haven't learned tense, ask your English teacher. But tense, okay? Past, present, future. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith. The word justified literally means made righteous. There's a big word for, for free. Oh, you know, whatever. If you didn't know that. Since we have been justified. What tense is that? Past tense. Okay, it's not we will be justified. We will be righteous in the future. No. If you get credited with righteousness, that perfect test is yours right now. Number four, finally, being credited with righteousness does not mean that you will live a perfect life right now every day, okay? In fact, any day. See, what it's saying is this righteousness goes into your spiritual bank account. But right now, we're going to continue to sin because we're human. We've been credited with righteousness. What that means is, even when we sin and we stuff up, it doesn't go on our exam paper. It doesn't affect our spiritual bank account when we stuff up. Isn't that crazy? It goes on the exam paper that Jesus' name is on the top of. And he pays for it on the cross when you sin. Did you know that? So it doesn't mean you'll live a perfect life now, but it does mean that despite of the fact that tomorrow you're going to stuff it and the next day, every time you do that, it's control Z and you get Jesus for the rest of your life. If God has credited you with righteousness, do you start to see why that is so amazing? 
Who would you swap maths in your head? Answer this. Who would you swap maths exam papers with if you could swap with anyone in your class? The smart one. Yeah, good idea. That's a good plan. The teacher. That's the best answer. Give me five. Unless you are the maths head, and I'm just like not talking to you right now, you would swap your, exam, your maths exam paper with the maths head or the teacher. That's a pretty good example, but teachers don't sit exam. Now, listen to me. Wouldn't that be good if you could do that? If you could get away with that? I'm not telling you to do that. <laughs> I'm just saying it would be awesome for you. But that's just, shh, listen to me, please. This is, I can't believe he's talking through this. This is a crazy thing. That, this is the best thing you'll ever hear. And you're just missing it. That's just a maths exam. And all you're impressing is your maths teacher, maybe your parent. Imagine if you swapped track records on the exam of life with Jesus. Who's marking that exam? God. What's at stake? Heaven or hell? How much better is that? And that's why verses 7 and 8 in this passage say this. Blessed are they. By the way, blessed, you don't know what that means. Lucky, um, happy. Um, You know when like someone wins, uh, like something really, really good happens to someone and you're like, man, they are so lucky. Like winning lottery, I think that actually wrecks your life. But it's true, they've done studies. But blessed means that. Okay, so when you hear blessed, think happy. Blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered, Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will never count against him. He's saying, how good is that? How lucky are you? How happy should you be if you've got this? Do you know, last week um, at this church, um, God answered a bunch of prayers that we were praying, and he actually saved a bunch of people, which means um, a bunch of people put their trust in Jesus and got this. They got Jesus' exam paper, righteousness. How good's that? Like, uh, how good's that? You're not getting it. How good's that? You guys don't get it. Last week, people in this church got forgiven by God and got eternal life. How good is that? Oh, man, you guys sound like you're faking it. Okay, well, I appreciate the effort. But you guys don't obviously understand how good this is. People became Christians last week and got eternal life, got righteousness. And um, one of my friends, Jez, talked to one of them. Somewhere in this youth group. In fact, if that was you last week, you talk to a leader because we want to know about it. We want to help you learn how to now live as a Christian. But one of these guys talked to Jez. I don't know if you know Jez, but Jez said, you should have seen it. This guy just, oh, the weight lifted off his shoulders. This burden that he'd been carrying lifted off his shoulders and he was stoked because of what it means to be righteous. I'll give you three things that it will mean. You don't need to be ashamed of anything if you have this. Because the control Z has happened on your past. Because of this, you don't need to worry about God being angry at you. On fat, someone came up to me and they, were, they said, hey, can I talk to you? I've done stuff um, that I know is wrong. Um, I've asked God to forgive me and I know he has. I know I'm forgiven. But is God like still disappointed with me? No. If you have Jesus' righteousness. God is not disappointed with you. He's not upset at you because there's nothing to be upset about. If you have this, God looks at you and he sees perfect. He sees, yes, that's what I wanted. Thank you. He, that's what he sees. 
So he's not angry at you, which means you can pray to him without worrying about it. You can have a relationship with him and all those things, which are fantastic. And, and thirdly, because of this, you can go to heaven. You can be sure if you have this righteousness. Because you die, you stand in front of God, and God looks at the exam. And he says, yes, you made it. That's good news. If you want to go to heaven, that is very good news. Because there's, there's two ways to get there, right? Number one, you can be perfect. That's option number one. I don't know how you're going to that option. I'm not doing well. Number two, you can get Jesus to make you perfect. That's option number two. I'm going with that one. Okay? But the question is, how? How do I get that? Because like John said last week, it's a gift from God, but you need to accept it. And you need to know how to accept it. Man, wouldn't it suck to know all about this good thing that God is offering to do and not know how to accept it? How do you get it? You get credited with righteousness by faith alone. By faith alone. Have a look at verse 2. Abraham, what did he do? He believed God and that was credited to him as righteousness. Did he try really hard to be good? No. If that's what you think Christianity is about, time to start talking to people, because that's not at all what the Bible says. It's not about being good. It's not about earning it. Look at verse 3 or 4. If a man works, his wages are credited to him, not as a gift, but as an obligation. It's, it's what he deserves. But to the person who doesn't work, who doesn't try to earn it with God, but instead trusts God, who justifies the wicked, makes them righteous, his faith is credited to him as righteousness. It's by faith alone. It's by trusting Jesus alone. Not by faith plus. If you take faith and plus something, you're not trusting. You're trying to earn it. Not if I trust God and get baptized. Not if I trust God and do good. No, no, no. If you want this, here's the way to get it. By faith alone. All you have to do is trust Jesus. You're saying to me, that sounds too easy. That's what God is saying is the way to get this gift. Just trust Jesus. That's all you have to do. I want to clarify very quickly what trusting means, though. It's not just believing that God exists. If you think you're trusting Jesus because you believe God exists, Satan believes God exists. Do you think Satan's a Christian? <laughs> right, correct. <laughs> uh, Satan's not. So it's more than just believing God exists. The book of James says that. It's more than believing a set of facts about Jesus you could even believe Jesus is the Savior. He died on the cross. You could believe that and not be trusting in Jesus. Because that's just believing a set of facts about the world. Trusting in Jesus is trusting him to save you. It's saying to Jesus, yep, I know that you are the Savior out there, that you died on the cross. You gave me a, a way to be righteous. And I'm trusting you to give it to me. You've made it personal to you. So my question to you tonight is, have you made it personal to you? There's a guy, his name is the Great Blondini. Well, his name was probably not the Great, but his name was Blondini, and people called him the Great Blondini. And he was a tightrope walker, which is why I'm doing this. And he strung up a tightrope across, I'm pretty sure it was Niagara Falls. Don't quote me on it. You heard this story from me, so you can't make sure that I'm telling you. Oh, maybe you heard it from somewhere else. Okay, sorry, I'm, that's irrelevant. <laughs> a tightrope across Niagara Falls, and here's what he did, right? First of all, he was, he was walking along, and he's like, da, 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 no rope, no harness, nothing. 
And everyone is gathering a crowd. They're like, what the heck? Then he gets a wheelbarrow. And I'm, I'm pretty impressed with this. He puts the wheelbarrow on the rope. And he's like, tightrope walking with the wheelbarrow. I don't know if he was doing it like that, but that's how I would do it. Then he gets a bag of sand and puts that in the wheelbarrow. It's a bit more... No, he just put it in the wheelbarrow. And then he's pushing the wheelbarrow. Not, it's not like... How do you get... No, he's gone up to the top. And he's on the wheelbarrow. Okay, we can talk about the details later, but here's the important bit. A crowd has gathered. He turns to the crowd. And he said, Who here believes that I could carry someone across in my wheelbarrow? The crowd went wild. They were like, Yes, you totally could do that. You totally do that. And he said, Okay, who wants to get in my wheelbarrow? And the crowd went silent. Here's the thing. Believing that Jesus can save you is like standing on the edge and going, yep, I believe that Blondini could take me across on my wheelbarrow. But trusting Jesus is saying to Jesus, okay then, I'm going to hop in your wheelbarrow and I'm going along. I'm trusting that you're going to save me. So here's my question. Have you made it personal? Have you said to Jesus, okay, I believe that you can get me across this thing. I believe that you can give me righteousness but I want you to give it to me right now and I'm trusting that you have. I'm trusting that you will. Have you made it personal? Because you can do that. Now, one last thing I'm going to say and then I'm going to wrap to pull it together and we're going to go to the fire. Faith alone saves, but if you have faith, you will obey God. Okay? Faith in Jesus as the Savior and the King always leads to obeying Jesus as the Savior and the King. It always comes. It's not that obeying makes you righteous. No, uh, 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 It's just that faith makes you righteous. You trust God. You become righteous. Bam, like that. You don't do anything for that. But now, if you really have faith, you're going to obey Jesus. Which means I need to ask you another question as well as have you got in the wheelbarrow? Are you obeying Jesus? Because maybe you think you're trusting in Jesus, but you haven't really made him your, your savior because you don't, you don't really care how he wants you to live. No, trust Jesus and then let that change your life. That makes sense? What saves you? Faith alone. Just trust Jesus. That's all you have to do. But if you're going to do that, you're going to start to change your life. Will you put your trust in Jesus tonight? Will you get credited with that perfect score on that test? Say to Jesus in your heart, Jesus, I want that. Jesus, I'm trusting you right now. I know my, the rest of my life's going to be different because you're going to be at the center of it from now on because you're now my savior, but I'm trusting. That's what you've got to do right now. And then tomorrow, start to live like that's true. Start to live like you're trusting in Jesus. Start to live like he's now your king. That's my call to you. But for the rest of us, what does this mean if we do have our trust in Jesus? God, if you are trusting in Jesus, God has credited you with righteousness. If you're trusting in Jesus, God has credited you with righteousness. You are right now perfect. I've got a bunch of things I'm going to punch you really quickly. Number one, don't boast about it. Well, don't boast about yourself. Boast about how good Jesus is because you, you don't deserve anything. You didn't do anything to get it. Don't ever be spiritually proud. Don't boast. Don't be up yourself. All you have is just a gift from God. Boast about how good God is. Tell people that. Which is number two. Tell the world. 
They can be righteous. They can have the control Z button pressed on their life and get Jesus' life credited to them. So tell people, all they have to do is trust in Jesus. Turn the world upside down with that message. Number three, stop feeling guilty. If you're trusting in Jesus, you don't need to. It's been taken away. Number four, turn back to God. Maybe right now you know that in your heart, this is me today, by the way, you've been walking away from God and you haven't really been talking to Him, you haven't really been living for Him. And you just know that you need to get yourself back to God. Here's all you have to do. God, I'm sorry for that. Thank you that you've forgiven me. Thank you that you still love me. I want to I wanna keep living for you. Thank you for that. When you do the wrong thing, who do you turn to? You can turn straight to God because He has already made you righteous. Number five, keep trusting Jesus. This is the best thing over here. You'll never hear anything like it anywhere else. Don't, don't let go of this. That would be a bad trade. That would be like swapping a Nintendo Wii for a slab of Coke. That would be a bad trade. Slab of Coke's good. Nintendo Wii is better. Okay? Don't walk away from Jesus. You'll miss out on this. This is the best. Two more. Rejoice, which means be stoked. You know, Christianity is not just about your head. It's about your heart. Do you feel stoked that what, about what Jesus has done for you? Number seven, <laughs> let it change your life. Start following Jesus because of what he's done for you. I ask that question at the start. What would you say to that person who says, man, I just feel so guilty? Here's what you should say. Man, that sucks. Because sin is serious. But God still loves you. And if you're trusting in Jesus, you are innocent. You don't need to feel guilty. Because Jesus died for you. So let's pray. Let's thank him for that. And then after that, let's talk about kind of how we can deal with some of the consequences of this. That's the first thing you need to say. God still loves you and you are forgiven. You are righteous if you're trusting in Jesus. We need to help each other to believe that. Because that is how God sees us. If you have trust in Jesus, He sees you not in light of what you have done, but in light of what Jesus has done in His life and on the cross. So He sees you as pure, clean, holy, unstained, righteous. Isn't that good news? Let me pray. Father God, we thank You so much that You have made a way to control Z, the mistakes that we have made because of what Jesus did. Father, I pray that in this room, we would all turn to you with genuine hearts that want a relationship with you. And I pray that we would all say, God, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry for the way I lived and I want you to please forgive me. I trust Jesus to make me righteous. And I want to live with him as my king from now on. I want to follow him. I know it doesn't get me right with you but I know it's what you want me to do and I want to live with Jesus at the center of my life from now on. Help me to remember that I am righteous. Help me to be stoked about that. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we are going to do discussion groups right now and then we're going to fire. Um, find your group. If you don't know which group to go with,